This is the Classic Baseball Broadcast Network, where we believe there is nothing like hearing about history from those who lived it. Listen to our full catalog of broadcasts at ClassicBaseballBroadcast.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Today we're out at the Polo Ground, that historic old home of the New York Giants, nestled in the lee of Coogan's Bluff on the island of Manhattan. The occasion, of course, is the playing of the second annual All-Star Baseball game between the outstanding performers of the National and the American Leagues. And boy, what an aggregation of ball tossers are wandering around there, down there on that field right now. The pick of the world, no question about that. The crowd is tremendous, the stands are packed all the way around. If you don't know the polo ground, I'll just tell you uh, quickly that it is a double-decked affair uh, running about four, uh, four-fifths to five-sixths of the way around the entire enclosure. There are, oh, there's only a small part of the grounds out in uh, center field which is devoted to the bleachers. The rest is all double-decked grandstand. The grass looks as though it were uh, absolutely as fine as the finest uh, type of uh, golf course green. It's perfect out there today, and Henry Fabian has certainly done a great job. Every seat in the house is filled now, almost at least. I can't see any vacant seats any place from my place up here in the in the second tier uh, off third base. Uh, the, it's just about a capacity crowd right now, and undoubtedly every inch of the standing room will be taken before game time, which is in just a little less than 15 minutes. The boys have, have drawn an absolutely perfect day for baseball. It's not too hot, but it's plenty hot enough to get a good sweat up when you're working out there on the field, but not too hot and uh, to be un- not hot enough to be uncomfortable for the spectators, the customers. So it's just perfect all the way around. There's a slight breeze blowing, but not enough to affect fly balls in particular. You know, last year, the first of these all-star games was played out at Comiskey Field at Chicago, and that ended with a victory for the younger league, the Americans, the final score being four to nothing. That day, a young fellow who had his 20th birthday in big league baseball, only the day before yesterday, and who intends to quit as a regular at the end of this season. He broke up that ball game with a towering home run with a man on the pad. His name, as you all know, is Babe Ruth, or George Herman Ruth, if you will, and for years his specialty has been breaking up ball games. This is another year, however, and the National League is out to avenge that beating of 1933. The way that ball has been zipped around the bases so far, the dazzling infield plays both teams have been pulling off, and the great running catches of long flies the outfielders have been snagging, it seems that a man must just be a magician to slap out a safe hit. But on the other hand, when you take a look at that, those batting averages of the two murderers' rows, you must realize that they'll just snap into it one time or another and do the necessary to score some runs. That's the crowd. Leading off for the American League will be Charlie Garringer, who is second basing and 382 batting average has been one of the big reasons why the Detroit Tigers have been such thorns in the sides of the America of the New York Yankees all season. Crawling right along all the time. They've been on top uh, once in a while, but the Yanks have managed to cross the 4th of July, which is supposed to be the old deadline, uh, cross the 4th of July in the lead. The national batting order starts off with Frankie Frisch, the old Fordham flag. Manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. By the way, as we run along, those of you who want to take these names down, be sure to have your pencil and paper, and you can get them. And then we'll run over the batting order again a little uh, uh, when we finish. 
He's long been called the greatest shortstop in baseball, a player who seemed to be all washed up last winter on account of trouble with his legs. But trouble just doesn't mean a thing to Jackson, and he's in there with his whip-forward arm, tossing runners out from any and all positions, and holding up his end with the bat with an average of 287. He's one of the most opportune hitters in the game today. Behind the bat, the Americans have Bill Dickey of the Yankees, and the Nationals have Gabby Hartnett of the Cubs, both powerful forwards for their team, both possessing fine arms to intimidate potential base stealers, and both have certainly, that's certain something that helps in steady pitchers at critical moments. Dickey is batting 322 right now with Hartnett just exactly the same. So there's nothing to choose there. Our backstopping will be well taken care of. Two of the truly great pitchers of today will oppose each other in the starting lineup, probably for three innings each. Senor Lefty Gomez of the Yankees and Kyle Hubble of the Giants. If these two are the starters, and I'm sure they will be now, uh, there should be a southpaw battle for three innings at least. That'll be worth traveling mighty far to see. Gomez has already won 14 games for the Yanks, and Hubble has a rating among many who should know as the greatest living pitcher, and by not a few, as a man who is coming along to take his place as the greatest of all time. Man, also look at those batting orders. Not a soft spot from top, top to bottom. They're tough. Not the slightest chance for a pitching let-up. Just groove one for any man in that lot, and bang, there goes your old ball game. Will it be pitchers, or will it be hitters? A difference of opinion, eh? Well, that's what makes horse racing. Aside from the players mentioned, the Americans have, as pitchers, Red Ruffing of the Yanks, Tom Bridges of the Tigers, Mel Harder of the Indians. Tom, how's Mel going? Pretty good. Tom Manning at Cleveland ought to know all about him. Jack Russell of the Senators. Infielders, Frank Higgins of the Athletics. Jimmy Dykes of the White Sox. Outfielders, Earl Averill of the Indians. Ben Chapman of the Yanks. And Sammy West of the Browns. Of course, Tom Manning thinks that both Mel Harder and Earl Averill should be right in there now in the beginning of the game. But they're not. We'll probably see them all later. Uh, catching, uh, Rick Farrell of the Red Sox. I'm talking about uh, extra players now, you know. The Nationals have, as pitchers, Lon Warnicke. That's great stop for the Cubs. Dizzy Dean, who with his brother is keeping the cards right up near the top. Van Mungo from the Dodgers. And over in Brooklyn, they think Van Mungo is the greatest pitcher in either league. And I'm not sure he is. With a lowly team... Uh, this year, unfortunately, for the Dodgers, Dan Mongo has been pitching great ball. Then they also have Fred Frankhouse of the Braves. He seems to be the general opinion around, among those who might know something about it, that the National League pitching uh, will top the American League pitching today to some extent. But pretty soon we'll know all about it. As extra infielders in the National Nationals, Pepper Martin of the Cards. He's that baby that went crazy in just about one of World Series all by himself a few years ago, three years ago, 31. Floyd Vaughn of the Pirates. It was, uh, we had thought that Floyd might go in playing shortstop right away, as uh, as uh, Jackson has had some eye trouble, but Jackson will start. Billy Herman of the Cubs. Outfielders for the Nationals, extra men, Paul Wainer of the Pirates. Mel Ott of the Giants and Chuck Klein of the Cubs. 
Just think of a baseball team that keeps Paul Wainer, Mel Otter, and Chick Klein on the bench. Boy, oh boy. Also, the extra, an extra catcher, Al Lopez of the Dodgers. The umpiring done, done today will be by Brick Owens and George Moriarty from the American League and Charlie Berman and Dolly Stark of the National League. Beside its manager, Joe Cronin, the American team will have the services of Walter Johnson, the old master pitcher from Washington, you know. Walter Johnson will be on the coaching line and Al Jack will also be on the line for the American League. And the National League team will be similarly served by manager Bill McKechnie and manager Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel, you know, I remember one day out here when Casey Stengel slapped out two home runs in the World Series, won a ball game for the Giants. What a day that was for old Casey. No doubt about that. Anyway, altogether, it looks as though a grand and glorious baseball game was going to begin very, very soon. The managers of the team, the captains of the teams, and the four umpires have gathered around the home plate uh, for a last-minute conference before this ball game starts. I don't think there's a seat in the house. That means there must be somewhere in the neighborhood of 55 to 60,000 people crammed in the polo grounds this afternoon on one of the most beautiful baseball days you ever saw in your life. Uh, both Gomez and Hubble are down there left-handing left, left handing him into their catchers uh, on the sidelines, getting warmed up for the game. And uh, as I, I want you all to know that in a few moments we'll turn the microphone over to Tom Manning of Cleveland. Tom, you know, is, uh, has been telling you about World Series since time immemorial, and uh, he's also going to give us play-by-play -play, uh, scoring today. Tommy Manning, that carrot-topped redhead from Cleveland, Ohio. Here, quit that, Tom. And uh, also with us is Ford Bond. Ford, Ford, Ford Bond has been telling you all about the baseball scores daily through this season. And he's been making a fine baseball game uh, out of the news results following the game. Ford has been telling you about every game. You haven't missed a game yet, have you, Ford? No, he says he hasn't missed a game. Of course, if he falls out of his box, he might miss tomorrow's game, but uh, he will we'll try to keep him in. The field has been cleared now. The boys are still standing around uh, the home plate. Uh, Joe Cronin and uh, Bill Terry. And I uh, see Walter Johnson is there too. And uh, I believe, I, I don't know whether it's going to be before the game or not, but I believe it will. It will be. The unveiling of the tablet for John McGraw. John McGraw. The little Napoleon, as he was called, for many years. Yes, the drapes have been pulled back from the tablet commemorating the history of John McGraw and the Giants. It's out in center field. The, the tablet to McGraw is located just above the tomb. Or not the tomb, it isn't exactly a tomb, but the stone plaque out in center field at the center field exit, which was erected some years ago for that world boy, Captain Eddie Grant. For of the Giants, uh, just above, just above the the uh, memorial to Eddie Grant, uh, is a plaque to Christy Masterson, who many people say, many of the old enthusiasts claim, was absolutely the greatest pitcher of all time. Ross Young also is in memory out there with another plaque 
next to Christy Matthewson. Ross Young, you know, was that uh, great outfielder of the New York Giants some years ago, and the Giants and the world lost him. Eddie Grant, Christy Matthewson, and Ross Young, and now above all of these is placed the bronze plaque in memory of John McGraw, one of the greatest leaders of baseball men who ever lived, unquestionably, and one of the real old-timers. He and Connie Mack were the, up to a short time ago, were the only two of the real old-timers left. And now we have but one, Connie Mack, who I believe is now in his 72nd year. I believe Connie is that old, but to know Connie, you would never think he was that old. And it's a, it was a terrific blow to baseball, of course, to lose John McGraw, but he felt that he was not in good health. He resigned from his managership of the New York Giants, and they were his greatest love all his life. He had, and it wasn't very long before it seemed that the body simply could not hold the soul any longer when after he had lost his beloved Giants, and so he passed from it. Now this ball game is going to start in just a very few moments, and I think Tommy Manning would like to warm himself up here talking for a few moments before this baseball game commences. Tommy Manning will uh, tell you first about the play-by-play the play -play through the entire game. Between innings, we'll, Ford Bond will talk to us and uh, give us some of the high spots inning by inning. After the game, it'll be my pleasure to come back again on the microphone and talk about the game to some extent. Not too long, I hope. And uh, now Mr. Graham Magnum is speaking. The National League is, uh, the, the National Broadcasting Company. The National Broadcasting Company is sending you the details of this game. And here's Red Tom Manning. Come in, Tom. Good afternoon, everybody. As Graham has told you, it is really a great day here at the Polo Grounds in New York, and what a ball game we all anticipate. Before we get started this afternoon, I want you to know that Ford Bond is going to speak to you throughout the game, and if you don't mind, Graham McNamee, of course, has given all of us so many fine thrills uh, during his broadcasting career. We're mighty happy to tell you today, and to congratulate Graham McNamee, today is his birthday. Is that right, Ford? That's right. That's right. Graham celebrating a birthday, enjoying all of his presents, and claiming, what is it, 26 or 24 that he was asking about a while ago. Well, the players are all walking out now to have their pictures taken, together with a few of the umpires. The National Leaguers have come out. Today, the National League are wearing their home uniforms, but of course, each one of them decorated with their individual insignia of the teams. You see the Cardinals and the Pirates and the Giants, all of them down there. Just for a moment, while we have time, we're going to check through this batting order so that you'll have it firmly in your mind or on your sheet if you're following and keeping scores of the play-by-play -play account which will be given you by Tom Manning. We'll check through the American batting order here for the moment. Geringer will lead off. Geringer, the second baseman on the American lineup today. This will be followed by Manu. And the crowd rings out with applause for that National League crowd as they stand out. They're all having the picture taken, almost as many ball players as there are photographers, but I think the photographers outnumber them. Manish is second, then Ruth, third in the lineup, which is his usual place in the Yankees' batting order. 
followed by that thundering artilleryman who bombards almost every park that he gets into, 24 home runs so far this season, Lou Gehrig. First four, Gehringer, Manush, Ruth, and Gehrig. Then fifth in the batting order and wearing the number five today is Fox, manning third base here in the starting lineup. Followed by that crashing center fielder, Simmons. Simmons is sixth and also wearing that number. Then Cronin, placing himself seventh in the batting order. He occupies fourth in the senator's batting order of his home team. He's managing this club today, this American League club, and he's placed himself seventh in the batting order. Bill Dickey, the catcher, occupying the eighth place, and Gomez, the starting pitcher, the ninth. Now the players are broken up down there for the moment and are running out to their position. So we'll go through the National League batting order right quickly here. Frisch, leadoff man and second baseman of the National League team today. Trainer, third baseman and occupying the second place in the batting order. Medwick, followed by Kyler, Kai Kai Kyler, the right fielder. Then Berger, Perry, Jackson next, who is playing short. We thought that Vaughn might start, but Jackson's been chosen to start. Hartnett, Gabby Hartnett, the Cash Cubs catcher, who is starting off as catcher for the National League, is down there now. He's put on his protector and his shin guards, and Hubble walks out and picks up a ball on the mound. And Hubble occupying the ninth position in the batting order. He's warming up now, tossing over a few to Gabby Hartnett, who wings it back. And the infielders are tossing the ball around. It goes over to Bill Terry. He wings it across on the ground over to Pied Trainer on third. Getting just about ready, and Gehringer, the second baseman and leadoff man for the American League team, is up there now measuring his map and feeling of it. And here's Tom Manning to give you the start of this great game, the all-stars of the American and National League with the American League up at bat with Gehringer up there at the plate. And here's Tom Manning. Oh, just about set to go now. Thurman is behind the plate umpiring. Thurman of the National League, you know. George Moriarty of the American League is at third. Rick Owen is at first. And Dolly Stark is at second base. Dolly Gehringer steps into the batter's spot. Here's the windup. The great Paul Hubble and the first ball pitch. It's a foul down first base. Strike one. The ball is received over there by Robert Johnson, manager of the Cleveland Indians. And was delayed for a moment. The ball got away from Walter and... Bill Perry, manager and first baseman of today's game, finally receives the ball and crosses it back to the National League dugout. Now ready to go again. Getting her up, you know, spikes one. Ball, it's a fastball. This is the outside corner of the plate, just a little bit too high. That one was not quite as fast as the first ball that Hubble tossed in there. Or the ball one and strike one on Charlie Gellinger, you know, that great second baseman of the Detroit Tigers. Here it is. Ball two. Another hook ball. This is the outside corner of the plate. Hubble stood there, bending down for a moment, looking in. Then it's the ball and the count on Charlie Gellinger. Ball two and strike one. Here it is. He swings. It's a base hit. Frankie Frick dives for the ball. It's out in the center field. It's Bumble Gellinger pounding first, going to second. It's close to throw. He's safe. Frankie Frick, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, who is playing second base, goes along the ground. It got barely missed. 
his fingertips, rolled on out in the center field, where it was rumbled by Berger. Sally carrying it playing heads up, round at first base, and it was awful, awful close at second. He split in, and he and Jackson were on the ground, but he is safe, he is on second. Now we have Heine Manu, Heine Manu, the left fielder of the Washington Senators, a big, husky left-hand hitter is up. Heine at all is the only major leaguer who has a batting average of 402. The first pitch is a ball outside. Straight swinging. Heine Manu was not kidding on that one. He swung from all the way back, and the count on Heine Manu, the second man up in the first inning. Ball one and strike one. Sally Geringer on second base, nobody else. The pitch, it's a ball. Heine Manu taking almost a half swing. Gabby Hartman turned around, pointed his finger to the umpire with the ball in his hand, but the umpire had called it a ball. So the count on Heine Manu, a left-hand hitter is ball two and strike one. Here's the pitch. He swings, he misses. Strike two. Heine Manu quit taking a long cut at that one. Undoubtedly has his eye on that right field. Here at the polo grounds, which is 294 feet from home plate and about 15 feet high. The count on Manu, ball two, strike two, nobody out, carrying around second. Here it is, double pitching, ball three, a hook ball was just a little bit low on the outside. Now the count on Heine Manu, ball three and strike two. It's the first inning of this all-star ball game at the polo grounds in New York. The National Broadcasting Company sending you the description. Nobody out, carrying around second. Heine Manus with a count, ball three, strike two, something's got to happen. Here it is. It's a ball. A ball that was over the plate, but just a little bit low, and Heine Manus walked. Now we have Heine on first, Charlie going around second, and the mighty Sussman Flat. Listen to that cheer for Babe Ruth. Just at the moment, manager Bill Perry, Frankie Frisch, Travis Jackson, High Trainer are all in there around Paul Hubble, and they're having, as Bill Mundy would say, a clap shot at Scooter's Hubble. And by the way, Bill Mundy uh, is here with us in the box today, and a little later on, we're going to have Bill come over and say hello to you. I know you'll all be anxious to hear him. Ball players may come and they may go, but here is the king of them all in the batter's box. Pulling that old bat up and down, he knocks the dust off his shoes, and he's ready to face the great Paul Hubble. The pitch, it's a strike over the heart of the plate, a ball strike on Babe Ruth. It's the first inning, you know. Nobody out. Tiny Manoush is on first, for he's over the base on ball. Charlie Geringer is on second base. Here's the pitch. Ball is outside. Ball one and strike one. Fans are all yelling the American League, fans of sports. Crowd is split here, and there are the American League fans, of course, are pulling for Babe to park one of the bleachers. One and one, the pitch. He swings, he misses. It's a strike. Babe Ruth swung the way back on that one. He was aiming for it someplace over in Coogan's Bluff. I don't know, but he was certainly swinging from way back. Strike two, and ball one is the count. Tiny Manouche is on first. Charlie Geringer is on second. Nobody is out. Paul Hubble, the great National League southpaw, the Giants is in the box. Here it is. Strike three. Strike three. He's out.
boy, what a thrill. That these 60,000 fans got out of that. The mighty Fables is up there, and with the National Leaguers, nervous with runners on first and second in this important ball game. Babe Ruth coming up there, and with a count two and one, Kyle Hubble hooked one over the inside corner. The base pulled away, and it was a call strike. Now we have one man out. But it isn't all over yet. They're all sluggers. Lou Gehrig is up, and we're ready to go. Lou Gehrig knocks the dust off his shoes, pulls down his cap, and takes his stance in there. Hits a ball. High, outside. This boy, Gehrig, you know, is plenty responsible for the position of the New York Yankees of the American League. Here's the pitch. He swings, he misses. Strike two. Second and third, boxes up. Fight the pitch. All one. 
a curveball. That missed the inside, and the count is ball one and strike one on Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox is playing third base for the American Leaguers this afternoon. Here's the windup again. Ball one, strike one. It's a foul. Foul up over the stands in the back, and the count on Jimmy Fox is strike two. Gabby Hartman gets a new ball from umpire Fairburn and whips it down to Pike Trainer at third. Trainer takes his glove off, rubs it up a little, and then runs halfway over to the pitcher's box where he tosses it to Carl Hubble. Boy, what pitching this Hubble is doing out there. The first two men on, up got on, and then he struck out. Ruth and Gary. And here's the pitch. Strike two and ball one. Ball two. Ball two. It was high outside, and the count on Jimmy Fox is strike two and ball two. No score yet in the first half of the first inning. Two men out. Geringer is on third. Manus is on second. And Fox is up. Two and two. And here it is. The pitch. He swings. He's out. He's out. He's struck out. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. He's struck out. Three strikeouts for Carl Hubble. Come in for it, Ron. A ball player's dream. Yes, sir, a manager's dream. And a pitcher's nightmare. That's what this is. When you face these murderers' rows that come out here to bat. And what an achievement that was of Carl Hubble's measure in this first inning. Here is a resume of what happened, just to go over it briefly. The American League first inning, Gehringer leading off, the count goes to two and one, and he snaps a sharp single to center field, going into second base on Berger's error in center field, and he slid hot into second there with Frick receiving the throw, and the umpire called him safe. Single and an extra base on Berger's error. Then Manners comes up. And it goes to three and two, and then the next one sails over. Is a ball, and Manners walks, and there's two men on base. And nobody out, and then ensued that big conference there in the infield with Bill Terry coming over to find out how you start pitcher Carl Hubble. What's going to do with two men on, and then these two murderers coming up, Dave Ruth and Gehrig. Well, Ruth steps up there, the count went to one and one ball and two strikes, and then the babe standing there looking at one, and it comes over, and the umpire's hand goes up in the air. And the man is out. Yes, sir. Dave called out on strike. Gehrig comes up, and he goes out swinging, and Gehringer and Manush go down to second and third, to third and second respectively. Then Jimmy Fox comes up and strikes out a great achievement, Carl Hubble. Here we go into the second half of the first inning. Tom Manning. Frankie Frisch is up. Second baseman, you know, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Frankie Batsum, right-handed. Lefty Gomez is in the box for the American Leaguers. Frankie gets a home run. Back of the plate, 
And the count on Frankie Fritz is strike two and ball one. Fritz steps out of the box for a moment, knocks the dirt off his shoes, and then steps back in there again. But he finds Dusty Gomez walking around the second base side of the box, fumbling the rosin bags. But now we're ready to go. Strike two and ball one on by Trainer. He swings and misses. It was a tip ball that got away from Bill Dickey. So the count remains strike two and ball one. Well, the National League is around in front now, of course, by the score of one to nothing. This is the last half of the first inning. Nobody on. Frankie Fish, first up, smacks out a homer. Has a ground ball down second base play. Gellinger is up with it. Potter to Gary. And Trainer is out at first. One man out and nobody on. That was a nice play by Charlie Gellinger. Charlie, of course, makes a lot of brilliant plays down there at second base. He had to run over far to his right, and he whipped the ball underhand. Fell high to Lou Gehrig. We have one man out, and Joe Medwick is up. Joe Medwick, also the St. Louis Cardinals. He bats them right-handed. Gets the first ball, pitch, a high fly deep into left field. And who's coming over? Coleman going out. Coleman ran all the way out near the stand, but just failed to make the catch, and it is a strike. Coleman went a long way out for that one. Heine Manus is playing over in deep left center field for Joe Medwick. And the ball was hit just alongside of the bleachers uh, out here in the left field corner. Joe Cronin just barely had his fingertips on that ball but couldn't hold it. Players are walking back to their positions rather slowly now. Heine Manus back to left field and Cronin and Fox coming in to third and short. Now we're ready to go again. Lefty Gomez in the box. Medwick is up. Right on the pitch. It's a foul up over the press box, and the count on Joe Medwick is strike two. Last half of the first inning. The National Leaguers one, American Leaguers nothing. Joey Medwick, one of the finest-looking young ball players to come up in years, is at the plate. Strike two, and here's the pitch. Swings and misses. He thought it was a tip ball, but it was not. He is still claiming it was a tip ball. Dickey dropped the ball and tagged him out, but Medwick is still talking to the umpire, but the umpire says it was not a tip ball, and he is declared out, a strikeout. Now we have two men out, and nobody on. Joey Medwick thought that he tipped that ball, but if he did, the umpire did not hear it, and it was the third strike swinging. Two out, nobody on. Back-back Tyler, the Chicago Cubs is up. Ty in the wall through, batting him right-handed this afternoon. Ty is quite a ball player. He's been up a long time, and many a thrill he has given the National League fans. Ball, high outside. Next, hits the plate, and it's ball two. Ty Tyler is up there the last half of the first inning. Two outs. Nobody on, and the count is ball two. He swings, hits it grounded on shortstop way. Coleman comes up with it, tosses to Gary, and Tyler is out at first. That retires the National Leaguers in the first inning, have one run on one hit. At the end of the first inning, the National Leaguers won, American Leaguers nothing. Come in for it. And what a thrill rang through these stands when Frankie Frisch stepped up to that plate. A ball shot over, and it was called a ball. Then he settled himself, gave a hit to his fans, 
Wiped his hands on the dirt, picked up that bat, leaned over the plate and looked at the next delivery that Gomez shot in and winged it high, hard, and far into the upper deck of the right field stand for a thrilling over. And how that does lift the fans out of their seats. A thrill when that ball leaves with the crack of the bat and smashes straight and direct for those upper right field fans. So a run came in, and Gomez settled down. Trainer, the second man in the National League batting order who came up. The count wing, smashed it down to second base. Here he came over, threw it up fast, got it to Gary, over on first, and he was out. One out. National Leaguer's first inning. Then Medwick. Medwick came to bat. Struck out. Tyler came up. Shot it down to Corn. He's out Corn to Gehrig. And here we go with Simmons up at bat, I believe, in the second inning. And Tom Manning coming in to give it to you. Carl Hubble the southpaw. The Giants is in the box again. Al Simmons, the right-hand hitter, is up the pitch. Ball one. A fastball was high on the outside. As we went to the first half of the second inning, the National Leaguer's are out in front by the score of one to nothing. Al Simmons leads off for the Americans in the second inning. He swings and misses a mighty swing, turning all the way around. That's a beautiful pivot to know that Simmons has. Takes his toes in the dirt, swings all around, and the count is ball one and strike one. Manager Joe Cronin is hanging around home plate. Coming up next, the pitch, strike two. There was that old screwball, came in there shoulder high, and then dove down, and Simmons swung, Simmons swung over it, and the count is strike two and ball one. First man up for the American Leaguers in the second inning. Here's the pitch. He's out. He's swinging. Strikes out. One ball. That was a change of pace offering the Carl Hubble had in there. Letter high. Simmons took a good toe hold and swung. Boy, that constitutes some sort of a record. Babe Ruth, Ruth Derrick, Jimmy Fox, and Al Simmons all striking out in succession. Boys and girls, this boy Hubble is a pitcher. Joe Cannon is up there. He gets him right-handed, you know. The first is a foul up and back. Up on top of the press box, and the count on Joe Cannon is strike one. Simmons crosses out another new ball. Gabby Hartman puts it down to Bill Carey at first. Carey rubs it off a little bit and then crosses it over to Carl Hubble. First half of the second inning. One to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. One man out and nobody is on. Here's the pitch to Cronin. Strike two, swinging. That old blue ball of Carl Hubble's is working in there beautifully this afternoon. It must be when you strike out four hitters like that. Blue, Jerry, Cox, and Simmons. Now he has the count two and nothing on Joe Cronin. One man out, nobody on the pitch. It's too high. All one. That was just about the fastest ball that Hubble has tossed in there this afternoon with a count two or nothing. He's a smart pitcher, you know. He's whipped that fast one in there. Here's the pitch again. Two. Bill Dickey, bats from left-handed. 
Bill Dickey, you know, is a great tall, lean catcher of the New York Yankees. Ball! That was a hook ball that got away from Hubble. It was outside and a little bit low, and the count is ball one and strike one. What a ball game we're watching. Ball one and strike one. Here's the windup. Two out, nobody out. Strike two, ball! That was a ball that Bill Dickey pulled away from. And it broke over the part of the plate for a tall strike. And the count now is strike two, ball one. The American League is batting in the second inning. Two out. Nobody on. Here's the pitch, strike two and ball one. He bangs it. It's a base hit into left field. A base hit into left field. The ball is received by Medwick. He tosses it into Travis Jackson at second base. And Dickey stops at first. That's the second hit of the afternoon for the American Leaguers. And now, Lefty Gomez, who is in the box for the American Leaguers, comes to the plate. The score, the National Leaguers won, the American Leaguers nothing. It's the first half of the second inning. Two men have been retired, and Bill Dickey is on first. Gomez swings and throws back all the way down to Bill Perry at first base. Bill Perry picks the bat up, and it's walking all the way into home plate. He doesn't throw it back, but he's walking all the way into home plate. And very gentlemanly hands the bat to Lefty Gomez and makes some kind of comment. Yes, sir. Bill Terry picks that bat up right from his position at first base and walks all the way into the batter's box and handed it to Lefty Gomez. Strike one at the count, two out, sticky on first pitch. Strike two, he swings. That was a long follow through. Very beautiful golf swing that the Gomez had on display that time. Strike two is the count, you know. Two men out, and Bill Dickey is on first. Charlie Garrier hanging around home plate. Here's the pitch. Strike three, swinging. That's the Gomez, the pitcher of the American League. Struck out, making his sixth strikeout for the Kyle Hubble of the National League. Score one to nothing. The American League half of the second inning started off with Simmons up. And of course the fans hanging on to the edge of their seats with Simmons at bat after Hubble had stuck out Ruth and Gehrig in the first inning. So Simmons came up, the count went to one ball and two strikes, one and two on him. And then he swung hard and collected an awful lot of air on the end of his bat. The fourth strike up for Hubble. Then Joe Conan came up. The count went at one the count went at one and two on him, and he whipped. With a vicious cut at that ball, missing it, mixing the fifth man. Then Bill Dickey came up. Sure fire hitter Bill Dickey, a great catcher, and the American League catcher this afternoon. And he wanged a nice little Texas leaguer out into left field, just over the shortstop head and not far enough up for Medwick to do anything about it out in left field for a single. Gomez came to bat. Gomez, who's had that contest on with Jimmy Johnny Broca of the Yankees to see who could get it. The most hit this season. So far, Gomez had five, and he struck out three straight. So here we go into the National League half the second inning, and here's Tom Manning to give it to you. Wally Berger, right hand hitter at first up. He swings at the first ball, takes it to foul, up and back, strike one. Lefty Gomez, you know, is in the box for the American Leaguers with Bill Dickey behind the bat. You have a moment. Those have just tuned in. Gehringer's at first, Gehringer at second, Foreman at short, and Jimmy Fox to the athletics at third. Outfielders, Ruth, Simmons, and Manu. Strike two, swinging. Wally Berger, you know, is one of the long-distance hitters of the National League. 
Well, as far as that's concerned, everybody out here is a long-distance hitter today. Berger's the first man up for the National Leaguers in the last half of the second. The pitch. A long smash is high in left field. A long smash is large, high over the pavilion in left field. And the here's strike two on Wally Berger. Scores one to nothing in all in favor of the National Leaguers. The result of Frankie Fish's home run. Frankie Fish was the first man up for the National Leaguers in the first inning. Parked it in the upper deck of the right field stands for a homer. Strike three. Wally Berger strikes out swing. That's the second strikeout of the afternoon. Bill Perry is coming up. Bill gets a great ovation from the crowd as he steps to the plate. Bill is well liked here. In New York City, and he should be. Bill is a great ball player. Bill is the manager of the National League today. He's a left-hand hitter. The first six. Ball on. A fast ball is outside. Travis Jackson, shortstop and captain of the Giants, is next. Has a long smash in the center field, but Simmons coming in. Simmons is under it. He has it. Here in the third inning. 
American League is one run behind as they come to bat, and Charlie Carrier, the Detroit Tigers second baseman, is again the leadoff man. First time up, Charlie singles to center field. Went to second on the center fielder's double. The first pitch is a foul inside. Foul two. That was a hook foul, pitch the outside corner, and the count on Charlie Carrier, who bats him left-handed, is two and nothing. Charlie had always won over Powerville, Michigan, May 11th, 1903. Strike, ball. Ball two and strike one. As you can all get a picture of Charlie, five feet, 11 and a half, and 180 pounds. Came to Detroit in 1925 from Toronto. Got a batting average, a grand average of 382 for the year. Charlie gets a hold of next one and tries to keep into right field. Coming up. 
Last time up, Gary struck out. I don't see anybody warming up for the National League as we get. So it's just possible that Bill Curry will allow Hubble to go along a little longer. Gary Gup, strike one to the foul back. Babe Ruth is on first base. First half of the third inning, two outs. Jimmy Fox is hanging around home plate now. Here's the pitch. Get the hold of it, a ball, smash the right field, over near the wall. Tyler over close to the wall and makes the catch, and that's all. That was two mighty giants that inning by Gellinger and Gary. But it's all over for the American Leaguers in the first half of the third. Come in, Ford Bond. Well, if Gary gets rolled around just a little harder on that one, the score, there'd have been two runs in that inning because the babe was down on first. Gary came up and smashed that ball hard right on the old snozzle out in the right field. If he'd have pulled it around just about 25 feet, he would have sailed over that low barrier into those right field stands. But deal? Well, that's what uh, between inning resumes are built on. Gerringer was the first man up to lead off man for the Americans in the third. And he banged a long, hard hit fly way out to the bullpen in right field. But Kai Kyler was out there with a crack of the bat and took it on the run for a ninth-running catch for the first down. Then Manoush came up. Manoush banged one of draft cutter down to Frisch on second. He was out on a fast play, Frisch to Terry. And two men were gone. The babe came up, two out, nobody on. Count went to three and two on him. And then he got a walk. Gehrig came up and smashed that long one out into right field. But Tyler... Took that one right. This right field is hard to measure here. The angles are peculiar on it. Here we go into the National League chair of the third inning now. And the batter's coming into the box, and here's Tom Manning. Gabby Hartnett, the catcher of today's game, catcher for the Chicago Cubs, right-hand hitter, is first up. And on the first pitch from Gomez, he follows it up on the rope in back of home plate. And the count on Gabby Hartnett is strike one. Carl Hubble, the next hitter. Has a ground ball over the pitcher's head, down short corner, and in fast. Has it with the two, Gary, and Hartnett is out. That was a fast play by Joe Cronin, the shortstop of a lazy hopper, just out of Gomez's reach. Now we have one man out in the National League half of the third inning. We're going to have a, a pinch hitter for Kyle Hubble. Herman. Billy Herman, a right-hand hitter, draft for Carl Hubble. Hubble has pitched his three innings and he is through for the day. Gets the first ball, takes the high fly out in the short left field. Cohen going back, Manuchin. Cohen is under it and has it reached for the out. That was a high fly. Manuchin and Cohen both going after it. Now he has two men out and nobody on. Billy Herman hitting the first ball pitch to short left field where it was taken by Joe Cohen. Once more, we have the top of the National League's batting order coming up. Frankie Frisch, who is responsible for the National League's advantage of one run. He smacked that home run in the first inning, high into the upper deck of the right field stand. Ball one. That was a diving serve ball. That was over, but just a little bit too high. The count on Frankie Fish is right one. Or ball one, rather. Ball two. The third ball is high outside, and the count is two and nothing. 
nothing on Frankie Fritz, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a high foul down toward first base. Derrick is going back fast over to the stands, but it's a little too deep into the boxes and back to first base, and it's a strike. Derrick is certainly a fighting ball player. He danced over for that one, never looked up until he got his hand on the little barrier in front of the boxes and looked up, but the ball is in the boxes a little too deep. And the count on Frankie Frick, ball two and strike one. The last half of the third inning, you know. Strike ball. Ball two and strike two. Two and two. Two out, nobody on. Ball three. That was the curveball outside. Now the count on Frankie Fritz is ball three and strike two. The fans have settled down for just a moment now with that great excitement that we had in the first inning. It's a ball, low outside, and Frankie Fritz left. Gomez had Fritz in the hole that time with a count two and two, but wasn't able to get the other two over. He just missed the corner with that third ball. But the other one was plenty low and outside, and Frisch is on first, two out, and Ty Trainer is up. Ty gets that nickname when he's a kid, he was always asking for pie. Ball one. That was a change of pace offering, a little bit high and inside. National League is batting in the last half of the third, two out, Frisch on first. There's a long foul down to right field. And it's a strike. That was a hard smash down in right field. The fans all stood up as it left the bat, but it was fouled by 15 or 20 yards. Ball one and strike one. High trainer is up. Manager in third baseman of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Foul up and back. Strike two and ball one. That ball was about... Forehead high, the trainer likes him high, and he fouled right into that one, but it was a foul back, and the count is strike two and ball one. Last half of the third inning, the National League is one, American League is nothing. We have two out, Frankie Fish is on first base. Lefty Gomez is in the box, and the count on trainer is strike two and ball one. Here it is. It's a ground ball. Out in front by the score of one to nothing. High trainer is on first. 
Frankie Fish is on third. Joe Medlick is up. It's a hold up with the long slant. Going, going, going. Into the upper deck of the left field stand for a home run. Frankie Fish crosses the plate. My trainer is Ronnie third going in. And here comes Joe Medlick. The fans are all standing up giving Medlick a great ovation. A long home run into the upper deck of the left field stand for a home run. The National Leaguers are out in front by the score of four to nothing. Listen to that crowd for a moment. Oh, there they are, way down at center field. 
fast the league is warming up. Well, we have two men out the first half of the fourth inning. Joe Coleman is on first, and Earl Averill is batting for Lefty Gomez. Averill, you know, hits him left-handed. Ron Warnicke, a right-hander, is in the box to pitch. Ball on, a fastball is high inside. One to nothing is the count. Oh, it's funny, if Joe Thornton is a set to steal now, and Abel will be declared out, he really wouldn't be in the ball game officially. Ball one is the count on Abel. Here's the pitch. It's too low. Ball two. Lonnie Warnicke, right-hander. Big tall right-hander. Out there in the box for the National League is having replaced Carl Hubble. on the rubber again, ready to face Averill with a count two and nothing to pick. Ball three, a fastball is too low. Charlie Gellinger is hanging around home plate. Three and nothing is the count on Averill. Working that ball low outside for Earl. Nothing is the count. Two out. Conan is on first. It is strike ball. Ball three and strike one. That was a burning fastball right down the old alley. Felt high. Three and one it is. Conan is on first. Two men out. First half of the fourth. The pitch. He swings. It's a long, fast going, going, going. Deep into right field. And it turns off the fence out there. April is found in second. Hanging around home plate, gets up now, and 
Holds his trousers down and waves that bat a few times. Gabby Hartnett walks out to have a bit of a conference with his battery mate, Lon Warnicke. You know, this battery that we have in there now for the National League is represent the century of progress and the city of Chicago in a big way. Gabby Hartnett, a fine catcher, and Lon Warnicke, a very, very fine right-hand pitcher. Here's the picture again. First half of the fourth inning, two out. Averill on third. Geringer up ball three, strike one, the pick. It's too wide, and Geringer walks. Charlie Geringer walks, bringing Heidi Manu, the mighty left fielder, the slugger of the Washington Senators. is coming up. Charlie Geringer is doing right well by himself this afternoon. A base knock the first time up, and the third time up, he gets a base on ball. Now we have Geringer on first, Averill on third, two runs behind, Mighty Manuch is up, the left-hand batter with Lon Warnicke pitching. Here it is. Strike one! He takes a terrific cut and misses. Strike one is the count on Heidi Manuch. Anything can happen now. Everybody on the edge of their seats here waiting for it. Strike one, the pitch. It's a very high infield fly over in foul territory now with Ty Trainer in the sun waiting for it, shielding his eyes. He has it. That's all for the American Leaguers in the fourth inning. That was another slow inning. The score now at the end of three and one half innings. The National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. Come in for it. Warnicke came in to pitch for the National League in the American League's half of the fourth inning, and he first had to face Fox, who came and up and the Count went to three and two, and then he banged a hard grass cutter down to Travis Jackson, who fielded it very fast, out of the cross-the-terry, and got it to the bag just about two feet ahead of the runner. Then came up. Simmons banged that ball hard, high, and far away out to the left field grandstand, and just missed clearing by about one yard the barrier above the lower deck. He got a two-bagger on it. So the man on base, one out, and one on. And Thorne at that. Thorne smacked one to left field, just about two feet in the left field foul line, scoring Simmons. A single for Joe Cronin. Dickey up, and he fouled to the upper deck. That's a long strike, and then went down on call strike. Averill came up, banged that ball about 460 yards into right field. There's a 455-foot marker out there about 10 yards short of it. A very, very hard hit ball. A three-bagger scoring Cronin, bringing the score up to 4-2. to two. Geringer came up and walked, then managed to tap. A foul, a very high, towering high foul. Trainer moved over from third base and took it for the third out. Two runs in in that inning on Lon Warnicke. He hit Simmons, Cronin, and Averill. Three hits. Two runs, three hits, and no errors. Now we go into the National League half the fourth with a new pitcher coming in for the American League. It's the Big Red. Charlie Ruffing who's coming in for the American League here as we go into the National League half the fourth, and here's Tom Manning to give it to you. Wally Berger is first up with Charlie Ruffing pitching. The first is a ball high inside, and Wally Berger is forced to drop to the ground. Wally Berger playing center field this afternoon for the National League. Last time up, Wally struck up. A chip foul that turns off Bill Dickey's shoulder and rolls back to the stand, and the count on Wally, ball one, and the strike one. Bill Terry, 
Coming up next. Wally Berger is first up, you know, in the last half of the fourth inning. The count ball one and strike one. Strike two. Wally Berger swung at one that time. It was high over his head. The umpire delays the game for a moment to brush off home plate. Wally fell down. His feet kicked all the dirt on the platter. And now it's all washed up and ready for another deal. Strike two and ball one. It is. The high fly to the infield. It's going foul with Fox under it. Fox has it. He almost dropped that. That's going with up from the crowd. But there's a very bright sun there up over third base. Jimmy Fox stood there with his glove shielding the sun from his eyes and staggered into foul territory and juggled the ball for a moment. But he hung out with him. That's what counts. One man out. Nobody on. Bill Terry is up. Terry, you know, hits him left hand. Strike one. This game is being broadcast and open the four grounds in New York City by the National Broadcasting Company. Bill Terry is up. Strike one. The foul back. Strike two. Last half of the fourth inning. One man out and nobody on. The score, the National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. Bill Terry is up and Travis Jackson is next. There's a foul into the seat along third base there with everybody ducking. That was a line smash, one of those bing, bing, things. Now the count on manager Bill is strike two. Last half of the fourth inning, one out, nobody out. Red Ruffing of the New York Yankees, the right hand of pitching. Has a long smash upstairs in left field, but it's foul. And the count remains strike two. Dolly Ruffing, you know, is a big, husky fellow. Weighs around 200 pounds, six feet long. Last half of the fourth inning, one out, nobody on. Here's the pitch. The line drives into the outfield of baseball. Hanging around home plate. The pitch 
It's a foul up and back, and the count is ball two and strike two. Time for fourth inning, National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. One man out, and they have Bill Terry on first. Travis Jackson is up. Red Ruffy, pitching. Count of two and two, and there you have it. Ruffy is along. Wind up this time, and here it is. Back in the box, and we're ready to go. Last half of the fourth, one out. Terry is on first. Two and two on the hitter, Jackson. It is. Powell up and back. Now we made two and two. All two and strike two. Those are just two men. Let us remind you again that every team in the polo grounds this afternoon is occupied. Very close to 60,000 fans are out here for this important all-star game. Now we're ready to go. One man out, Terry on first. Count on Jackson is two and two. Here it is. It's a ball. Plenty high. And now it's three and two. With one man out, Terry on first. You can see now he's perhaps to break the second base. Don't always do that, of course, with one out. And we have three and two on Jackson. Now he goes down, he swings, it's a very high fly, short, left center field, Averill coming in fast, Averill is under it, he has it. Came a long way for that one. Now he has two men out. Bill Kelly was off with roughing motion that time, he's all the way down to second base, and had to scurry back to first. Now we have Gabby Hartman coming up. Two men out. Red roughing. New York Yankees, the right-hander is in the box. Having replaced Lefty Gomez. Here it is. Spike swinging. Last half of the fourth inning, the score. National League is four, the American League is two. Two men out, Bill Kelly on first. Here it is. Spike two, swinging. That roughing has plenty of speed this afternoon. Strikes to Gabby Hartnett with burning fast balls about letter high. Hartnett swinging very hard at both of them. There it is. He waits one. And the count is two and one. Strike two and ball one. Duffy looks over to first base and then takes a long stretch. There it is. He waits another one. It's too high. And the count on Gabby Hartnett is two and two. The National Broadcasting Company is bringing you this game from the Polo Ground in New York. Now the two and two at ground ball down third base way. Fox has it to throw. Beautiful throw, letter high to Gary and Gabby Hartman is out. That's all for the National Leaguers in the fourth inning. And the score, National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. As we get ready to win the first half of the fifth inning. Come in for it. And in this most colorful of all baseball games, these colorful players standing every spot on the diamond and every name in the batting order sparkling with the ability which they've shown and demonstrated and started up in the record book. 
Ruffing came in to pitch for the American League as the National Leaguers came up in the fourth. And Ruffing had Berger to face first. Berger fouls very high, and Fox, just back of third, measured it, having to wash the sun out of his eyes with the big miss as it came down. He almost misjudged it, had to leap back about a foot as it came down into his glove, and it was one out. Terry up, and Terry got a ringing single in left field, went down to first. Jackson came up, had a lot of fouls, and then banged one out to center field, where Earl Averill took care of that. Then Hart hit it back, two out, one on. He banged one hard down to third, where Fox took it. Got it across to Gehrig, retiring the National League in the fourth. And the score is four for the National Leaguers and two for the American League. And the National Broadcasting Company is bringing this to you from the polo ground. As we go into the fifth inning, here's Tom Manning to give you the play-by-play description. Long warning in your own the Chicago Cubs is the pitcher. Babe Ruth is up. The first pitch to the Bay. It's a strike. The Bay pulled away from home plate. And now he's talking to the umpire. But regardless, it's a strike. Babe Ruth struck out the first time up and walked in the third inning. Strike one on the base. The pitch. Strike two. Four. Again, Babe Ruth pulls away from the plate. And the count is two and nothing. Dave is leaning on his bat now about eight or ten feet away from home plate. And is talking with the umpire. And the count is two and nothing, you know. So Dave is the first man up in the fifth inning. Two goals. Columbia Lou coming up next. Two and nothing on the base. The pitch. Fair inside. Out on Babe Ruth now is strike two and ball one. The umpire is waiting for a moment while he gets off a little whisk room and pushes off home plate. Morning to the pitcher, you know. Strike two and ball one. Here it is. Ball two. A fastball is high inside. Again, Babe Ruth ducks away from home plate and the count is two and two. Jackson and Springer. 
Bob Warnicke is out of box now, having replaced Ty Hubble, who makes three great innings. All ready to go now. Ready to work on Gary. The first pitch. It's low, outside. Ball one. Gary taps that old shillelagh on the plate. Rubs his shoulder. He's a big fellow. Well, that is the count. Here it is. Gary got a count of three and two. Gary's limited. What's the double steal? 
when Derek struck out. Three runners on second. The first man on the wasn't all over then for the National League. It's because Jimmy Fox, the great right hand hitter, is coming out. Settles down and with the encouraging of his buddies on the infield. They all ran in there, slapped him on the back, told him that he could shoot him. Runners on first and second. Nobody else calling a sense to bump. It's a pop fire. On the first 
The old triple came down the alley, and he met it right between the eyes and sailed it down the right field foul line for two bases, sending Hawk and Simmons across the plate and putting the American League team out in front by the score of 6-4. to four. Yes, indeed, it's a ball game. Now we have Bill Dickey on third base, Early Bill on second, one man out. Dan Mungo is going to remain in the pitching box. Trainer, Perry, and Hartman were out there. Charlie Gehringer is up. The old baseball strategy. That meeting, from that meeting comes the strategy that Charlie Gehringer, the left-hand batter, shall be purposely passed. The count is ball two, ball three. The bases will again be loaded. Charlie Ruffing, who is also a great hitter, is going to bat for himself. Gehringer was purposely passed. Yes, Charlie Gehringer is doing right well. A single and two bases on balls out of four trips to the plate. Bases loaded. Red Ruffing is up. The first pitch, strike, swinging. Bill Dickey is on third. Earl Averill is on second. Charlie Gehringer is on first. One man out, six to four, the American Leaguers. It's a ball, a hook ball, missed the outside corner of the plate, and the count is ball one and strike one. Dan Mungo, right-hander of the National League, is in the box. The wind-up, the pitch. It's too high, outside, ball two. Ball two and strike one. First half of the fifth inning, six to four in favor of the American Leaguers. And the count on Charlie Ruffing, ball two and strike one. Ball three, a fastball is low inside. That one throws Charlie, Gelling, Charlie Ruffing out of the box. And the count is ball three and strike one. Babe Ruth is hanging around home plate. Ball three and strike one is the count. Here's the wind-up, the base is loaded, one out. He swings, he misses. Three and two is the count. You know this game is coming to you from the Polo Grounds in New York City and being sent to you by the National Broadcasting Company. Fifth inning, base is loaded, one out. Three and two on the hitter, the pitch. It's a ground ball, it's a base hit in the left field. Dickey is scored, Averill is rounding third. Frederick has retrieved the ball, hits it into second base, carrying a stop at second. Bill Dickey and Earl Averill cross the plate, making the score 8-4 to four in favor of the American League. We have Ruffing on first base, Charlie Gehringer is on second, and one man out. Bill Curry and Frankie Fish have walked into the pitcher's spot, and are having a bit of a conference with Dan Mungo. That's six runs this inning for the American Leaguers. Babe Ruth is up there. One man out, you know. Runners on first and second. It's the first half of the fifth inning. 60,000 throats yelling themselves forth. Oh, he takes a mighty swing and misses. Strike one. The big Babe wasn't kidding on that last strike, though, I want to tell you. Strike one is the count on the Babe, you know. There it is. Ball, it was too high and outside. Ball one and strike one. Marathon Luke Gary hanging around home plate. 
Ball one. Strike one. Stretch the pitch. The ball down first. Terry picks the ball up. Steps on first. For the foot out. Unassisted. The runner's advancing. Dave Ruth is still wondering whether that was fair or not. That was a ball that was right on the line. Took our time on calling that one. Terry took that ball as he was bounding right over the sack and stepped on the bag for the foot out of Dave Ruth unassisted. But Geringer went to third and Ruffing went to second. Now we have Jerry coming up with two men out. Right down the old alley for a cold strike. Not going to put Jerry down there at all. Not with Fox coming up next. He swings and misses. Right two. Right two is the council men out. Runners on first and second.
World Series is down there swinging his bat to get himself in shape to face the pitching of the Big Red, which isn't any easy thing to do. The old argument about whether the hitters will win the game or whether the pitchers will win the game has been turned inside out and then back again here this afternoon. In the first three innings, when Hubble had it on the American League batters, and then here in the fourth and fifth, when Warnicky and Mungo have been slapped pretty freely for six runs. Six runs in the fourth, eight runs in the fourth and fifth, two in the fourth, and six in the fifth. Two in the fourth and six in the fifth. That was the number that came in. There's some sort of a conference going on down here for a moment. The umpires have walked off the field, and the boys in blue, two of them have come back on. I believe Rick Owen and George Moyardi have walked back in, the American League umpires. We're Charlie Furman and Dolly Stark, the National League umpires are for the moment. We couldn't tell you because they disappeared from the diamond. And now, Pepper Martin has picked up two bats. He hasn't thought he was going to get to step up there a moment ago, and he had dropped one of them, but he has two of them now, swinging them high and mighty, just like you do the next. He's letting it swing back over his shoulder, come down, tap his leg, and then back again. Down here for the moment, in front of the plate, is McKechnie, one of the coaches this afternoon, what a coaching staff we have, and what a number of managers we have in this National League team of all-stars who are out there on the diamond. Bill McKechnie is standing there talking to George Majority for the moment, while Ruffing has gone back to tossing him to Bill Dickey. For the moment, he has stopped. The players themselves are wondering what the conference is about, and it hasn't been discovered just yet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have here a gentleman whose wife we're sure you all know, one who became famous a number of years ago when he pulled a line which sounded like the trap shooter's huddle. Come down here, Bill Mundy. want you to say a word. Here's Bill Mundy, the gentleman from Georgia. Speak up, Bill. Thank you, bud. Good afternoon, folks of the last big ensemble. The top of the morning to those of you out in California. We're probably having this broadcast with your breakfast coffee. Why do you these boys putting on up here in the polo grounds today? Think of it. Just about three million dollars worth of baseball flesh on dress parade. The Alpha and Omega of Diamond Perfection assembled to do mortal combat for most worthy cause. It serves about 50,000 people here, while the country boy like myself, it looks like about 10 million. By the way, for a long time, I've wondered just where this boy's own men in derived. The other veteran self and sports and enthusiasm for his vibrant, vivid baseball broadcast. No longer in the dark, however. I met him yesterday. I found out his secret. He's red-headed. Sorrel top. In fact, the most red-headed human being I ever saw. Picture yourself the most red-headed man, woman, and child you ever beheld. Multiply the shade of his or her hair by 25 you have a big idea of just how red-headed Tom Manning is. I'm on my vacation up here, and so I'll leave you now. You go to work, Tom. Say, Bill, how's the old fellow Bobby Jones out there? Tell a midget, the best in the world, the only one you know, made a clean sweep. Two over in Great Britain, two over here. He's Atlanta boy, and Atlanta to South Nation proud of his company. Thanks a lot, Bill Monday. We certainly all enjoyed your broadcast of football games. God's all the folks down in Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen, 
say we are sending you the All-Star game. Of course, you might tell us that we're being delayed here for a few moments. The umpires have changed now. The game is just half over, four and a half innings with a score. The American League is eight, the National League is four. There's one change in the American League lineup now, and Benny Chapman, reputed to be one of the fastest runners in the Major League, replaces Babe Ruth in right field for the American League. Well, ready to go now. Pepper Martin is hitting for Congo. Uh, Fred Repping is still in the box. Dickey behind the bat. Infield is the same. Fox at third. Colin short. Geringer second. And Gary at first. Pepper Martin, the right-hand hitter, is up. The star of the 1931 series. You shall never forget Pepper Martin. What he did in that series will live forever and ever. And the count is ball two. It's the last half of the fifth inning. The score, the American League is eight. Master League is four. Pepper Martin is batting for Dan Hustle. Second third. The umpires in the half now. Vic Owen is behind the bat. Vic Owen behind the bat. Moriarty is at second. Thurman is at third. And Stark is at first. Ball two and strike one. The next is high inside. And it's ball three. Three and one. Mikey Fritz is hanging around home for that. Ball four, and the little pepper box left. Pepper box is gone first base. In that series of 1931, every time that pepper box got on, everybody started to shiver, and they were interested in only one thing. Will he steal on the first ball, put the weight for the second one? Mikey Fritz. Jackie is turned around now and batting him left-handed. Anybody who can point one on that upper deck of the polar ground is right-handed. Maybe they better stay right-handed. This is a cold strike. Back ball. Still bumping his head. Better hot. Strike one is the count on bridge. Oh, it's outside. Ball one and the strike one. Last half of the fifth inning, the National League is just four runs behind, the score being eight to four. Upper Martin gets the boys off on the right foot with a base on ball. Got a big lead down there at first. Here it is. Hits a strike. Ball. Ball one. And. 
Lions, take one. Number Morris is on third base. Frankie Prison is on first. The Cardinals are on the base. Ball one and strike one. The fifth ball up and back, strike two. Strike two and ball one. The American Leaguers battery at the moment is dropping in the box and Vicky behind the back. The infielder, Jerry, Gallinger, Thornton, and Jimmy Fox is playing third. Strike two, ball one on the hitter, trainer. It's a foul up and back to Colby Main. Strike two and ball one. Last half of the fifth inning. Nobody else. Runners on first and second. And by trainer is up there falling them off with a count, strike two and ball one. Joey Medrick is up there next. Here it is. The high foul up back in the stand. Ball one. Now they're roughing is roughing the new ball. That's not a punt. And the umpire crosses one out. The boys use it just like a towel. Lighting the punctuation all over. All right, ready to go. Strike two and ball one. Mike Trainer up. It's a foul ball. Had his hand on the ball and dropped it and kicked it out into right field. Martin crossed the plate. Martin Charlie Gellinger was on that ball. Pounding it all the way. Picked it up and held Frankie Frick at second. That, of course, he scored as a base hit. That was a piece of a try by Charlie Gellinger. The ball was a grounder between first and second of the pass carry. That Charlie Garrion went over and had his glove hand on the ball, fumbled it for a moment, and then while he was running at top speed, he kicked the ball about 10 yards out towards the right field foul line, but he was right on it and held Frankie Quick in second. Well, that's a run for the National Leaguers, and the score is 8 to 5. Mel Ott is coming up to the plate, swinging two bats. 
Wade Coach says that ball is no good. It's all linked up to the umpire. Strict on and tossed out a new one. Bill Stone, the old pepper box, runs all the way up from short, picks the ball up and hands it to Mel Harder. Harder's a word or so of encouragement and then runs back to his short drop position. Count on Mel It's strike two and ball one. Runners on first and second, you know. Trainer on second. And Pine is on first. Mel is up. Strike two and ball one. The pitch hits outside. Ball two. Ball two and strike two. Two and two. Last half of the fifth inning. Eight and six in favor of the American Leaguers. Nobody out. Runners on first and second. Ball two and strike two. And here it is. Baseball for your first day, Glenn. 
Notre Dame Graham McNamee is here celebrating his birthday. Couldn't celebrate it in a better way coming out to a slow ball game like this. Now three and two on the hitter. Paul Rayner is up there with runners on first and third. The count is three and two. Three and two. Here it is. Second, 
Bill Curry is on first. And Archie Bourne, Pittsburgh Pirates shortstop, batting for Travis Jackson. He hits him left-handed. The pitch, ball. A hook ball, missed the outside corner, and the count is ball one and strike one. Archie has a count of ball one and strike one. Gabby Hartnett coming up next. Here's the pitch. Ball two. That was over the high of the plate, but too low. Now the count on ball. Ball two and strike one. Somebody just remarked it's a good thing they started early. They've been playing just two hours right now. Ball two and strike one. Ball is the hitter. Runners on first and second. It is. A ground ball on short. Hammond comes up with a crossing to Gellinger, forcing Corey at second, and that requires the National Leaguers for the fifth inning. The score is eight to seven in favor of the American Leaguers. We're going to have plenty of changes as we start the sixth inning. Come in, Farfong. And here's that National League fifth in which they came up three runs to trail now by one run, eight to seven in favor of the American League. Martin came up and walked. First came to bat, knocked out a single to left center, and Martin wheeled his way around the third. Then Turner came up, two on, and nobody out. Smacked the single off Gerringer's glove down a second, scoring Martin and sending Frisch down two seconds. Flange up to bat for Medwick, two on and nobody out, and he smacked the harp into right field, scoring Frisch. Then Ott, Ott appeared up the plate to bat in place of Kai Kai Tyler. Starting off by the second man of the 372 batter that came up in this inning, the four rather, and Mel Harder was immediately signaled for from the bullpen and came in and replaced Ruffing. After three men had come in and banged the head off Ruffing, Ruffing retired then from the game. His record wasn't bad for the innings he had pitched. Third, fourth, he was the fourth and half the fifth. He had had two runs scored on him, three hits, and had given one walk. These three hits all the roll right away with Paul and Mel Harder, the great curveball artist of Cleveland, came in to replace him for the American League. Now Lopp was the first man to face him, two on and nobody out. He snatched a liner off to Chapman, Ben Chapman who had played for replace Babe Ruth in right field, who dropped it and threw to second after getting it, forcing Glenn up. Scored as a fielder's choice. Paul Wiener came up to bat for Berger. Struck out and on the third strike, Cleaner scored on a double steal. Now Lopp saved it second, although it had been pegged down there by Bill Dickey down to Garrett. Terry came up and walked, one on and two out. Barbong came up with two on, and the bat for Jackson smacked one down to short, forcing Terry out at second, short two seconds. That is Cronin to Garrett. So we go into the sixth inning with the National League trailing the American League by one run. The score is American League eight, National League seven. We go into the sixth inning of this red-hot ball game of the All-Stars. Brought to you with the National Broadcasting Company from Polo Ground with Tom Manning giving you the play-by-play. Come in, Tom. Here's the changes before we start. In the National League's lineup, Mel Ott replaces Tyler in right. Paul Wainer replaces Berger in center. Frame replaces Sedwick in left. Vaughn replaces Jackson in short. And Dizzy Dean, the paperless Cardinals, is in the box. And Lopez is the catcher for the National League. Jimmy Fox is up to start the sixth inning. Eight to seven, you know, in favor of the American League. And the count on Jimmy Fox is ball one. And this last one was a called strike. Ball one and a strike one. Fox is up and Harold Simmons is hanging him out. Ball one and strike one. First man up in the sixth inning. Ball two. He 
coming up a change of pace offering. That was just too low. Two and one. Here it is. Thank you. Two and two. Ball two and strike two. Boy, Disney team has been pitching a lot of baseball this year for the St. Louis Cardinals. Brother is pitching a great game, too. Take three, swinging. For the count, two and two. Team steps on the gas. Jumped over a burning fastball and bucked, swung, and missed. One man out in the first half of the sixth inning. Al Simmons. Was playing left field at Preston was up. Al Simmons and old Batsum right handed. It's the first ball pitch, a very high fly to short right center field with Fritz hot. Everybody on it. Fritz gets his hands on the ball but drops it. Fritz dives out in the short right center field and Wade Wiener and Hot away. Yes, both hands on the ball, but it got away. And Al Simmons raced to second base. It is scored as a two-base hit. That's scored as a two-base hit for Al Simmons. In the sixth inning, nobody else. Manager Joe Cronin is up. Joe, you know, bats him right-handed. That was a very high fly ball. Must be said that Frankie Fritz was looking right up into the sun. Very possible that one of the outfielders, either Otter or Paul Wainer, should have made the catch. But Fritz elected to dive for it, and the last moment he had to dive for it, and the official scores were the opinion that it should be scored as a two-base hit. For a moment, while up by George Moriarty plays New York's finest out of that runway out in center field. Are out there keeping the crowd in order and George with the opinion that they're in the way. Cronin hits the first ball, hits a line drive over Wainer's head into left field. The ball rolls out to the left field corner. Simmons rounds third and scores. The goal is the switch at second base. Cronin slides, the ball arrives. Cronin is safe, a two-base hit. Nine to seven in favor of the American Legion. That was a beautiful hit by Joe Cronin. A line drive about seven or eight feet over Pie Trainer's head. Ball rolled out against the billboard in the left field corner. Bill Zicky is up. Strike, call. Nobody out. Joe Foreman is perched on second base. Lexington, one man out is right. One man out, and Foreman is on second base. Bill Zicky is up, and the count is strike one. Jimmy Fox is striking. Strike, ball, two and nothing. First half of the sixth inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League team. Joe Foreman is on second, one out, and Bill Zinke, the batter, has a count of two strikes. Abel hanging around home plate. Ball one, high outside. Strike two, ball one. Dizzy Dean of the St. Louis Cardinals of the National League is in the box. A ball, ball high outside on the count on catcher Bill Dickey is two and two. 
Ball two and strike two. First half of the sixth inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League. Here's the pick. Ball three. That was sort of a dizzy curveball. It was in there too low. Bill Dickey getting his feet out of the way of it. And now the count is three and two. Bill Cronin is on second base. Earl Averill, left-hand hitter, is next up. Three and two, the pitch. A foul back. That ball hit Lopez on the cliff. He's rubbing it around for a moment. This has been a rather large afternoon for about 60,000 baseball fans at the Polo Grounds here in New York this afternoon. Watched a lot of baseball. Three and two on the hitter. Another foul back. One of the highlights of this afternoon's game to arrive here early and watch the batting practice. You know, this great array of hitters out here in both leagues, finest hitters in the country, pitchers shooting him down the alley. They were smacking him to all parts of this polo zone. Ready to go again. One out, thrown him on second. Three and two on Bill Dickey, the pitcher. Ball four, and Dickey walks. Earl Averill coming up. Averill, the center field of the Cleveland Indians. Came in as a substitute batter for Gomez, and triple to deep field. He's been taken from the pitcher, exploded, and cracked with a double to the left field corner. Time has been called for a moment. Al Jack is running out towards second base. Bowen dashed over and back at Stolen a second that time. 
Gus Glenn's team was ready to shoot the ball. Fleetwood, and he turned and flipped it to second base. Now he's ready again. There's the stretch. Three and two on Abril, the hitter. Still fooling around, looking out for second. Now Gene steps out of the box. Devon and Joe Strong are having a little game of hide and go seek down there at second base. Now finally he's ready. Here it is. Three and two. Strike three. He swings. And Cole is hopped on second base. Cole has it running down. All the way to short. He has thrown up. And he crosses the ball to Cole. And Cole is out.
turned out to be third tracker and finally a first base. They tell me he looks pretty good over that first, too. Particularly so, and he's up to the back of the batter's hand. Strike two, ball one, on Lopez. Strike three. That was a beautiful hook ball coming over there about letter high, both way down around the knees, with Lopez swinging over the ball. Well, Mr. Dean is coming up now. Mr. Dean of the St. Louis Cardinals. Ball, Fellianelli bats him and throws him right-handed. Malhart of the Indians in the box. Mike Stockton of the Tigers behind the bat. Fouls the first one upstairs, strike. Last half of the sixth inning, the score nine to seven in favor of the American League. Dizzy Dean, the match, and the count, strike one. Ball one. Mickey Cochran takes the ball out of the dirt and whips it back to Mel Harder, 20 bats. Ball one and strike one. There's the pitch. One and one on the hitter. Strike two. Ball. Sweet serve ball with the stove high. Strike two and ball one. He American League is in field, the man just at the start. That was a ball, not so good. Two and two. Last half of the sixth inning, one man out. Frankie Fish coming up next. Two and two. Has the line fast to the left field. Simmons coming in fast. Oh, he makes a beautiful running catch. Three high coming in there at top speed of that low line pass. And now he has two outs. Two outs and nobody on. Frank Fish coming up. Frankie has a home run based on balls and a single out of three trips to the plate. It was Frankie and O's. Max that ball up into the right field. Upper deck. For a home run, first up in the first inning. Barry Arnold, Arnold's fastball is just a little bit too high. Arnold is pitching, Cochran catches. Two outs, last half of the sixth inning. Frankie Fish is up, ball one. With his long ball down, short Cannon comes up with it. Passes to Jerry, Fish is out. That's all for the National Leaguers in the sixth inning. It was scored. The American Leaguers nine, the National Leaguers. This game is being sent to you by the National Broadcasting Company. Get in for a song. Well, that's the end of the sixth song. Yes, sir. And the snappy half of the sixth. Just now in two. And the National League is up at bat, led off by Lopez. Lopez, the catcher, and the crowd is all getting up for the old seventh inning set. Here at the Polo Ground, the all-star game between the American and National League. Lopez led off. The count went to one ball and two strikes. And then he swung hard and went down swinging. One out. Dean then came up. Dizzy Dean, the dizzy of the Dean brothers, as sometimes you read about him. Came up and the count went to two and two. And then he smacked one into left field. Simmons coming in very fast, caught it right at his knees, making a beautiful running catch of Dean fly out into left. That was two out for the National Leaguers in the six. Then Frankie Frake. 
Gordon Platt came up to bat. Fish banged a hard one down to short. Gorn took it in deep short. Wheels got it down to first. The Lou Gehrig retiring the National League in the sixth. And we go into the seventh. The seventh, that's right this time, with the American League leading nine to seven. Here's Tom Manning to give you the play-by-play of the seventh inning. Willie Herman replaces Frankie Fish at second base for the National League. Willie Herman is playing second in place of Fish. Going on up, ball one. Ball two. Dizzy Dean is still in the box for the National Leaguers with a Lopez behind the back. That's not just from Lopez on skill. Out of carrying this two and nothing. Strike hold. Dean had that one in there with 20 on it, too. Hold two and strike one. First half of the seventh inning, nine to seven, the American League. Ball three. A lazy third ball is too high. Three and one. Here it is. Charlie takes his great cut up that one. Three and two. All three and strike two on Charlie Jr. Look out. The line's now get through in the stand. And the count remains three and two. As it's flashed out to right field, looks like a base stop. It is just inside the line. Gelling is going to second. It's close. Here's the throw. It's pretty close. He's out. He is out at second base. Got it, Gelling. Playing one down into the right field corner. Fell out the over there on the ball. Picks it up. And the ball and Gelling are arriving almost at the same time. Gelling is sliding in. Hockey Bones took that ball and dropped it on Gelling for a sweet close play. Umpire George Moriarty had his nose knocked five inches from that play when he declared Gellinger out. Well, that's another hit for Charlie. Two hits, two bases on ball. One out. Mel Harder is up. The American Leaguer pitcher. Mel it all bats and throws right hand. Hammerhider is up there, and the count is ball one and strike one. First half of the seventh inning. One man out, nobody on. Here it is. Strike two. He cuts and misses. Hyder hurt his fingernail swinging that time, stepped out of the box and looked at it, but he's right back in there. Strike two, ball one. The pitch swung rather feebly at that one. He started the swing and then tried to hold the swing, and it was a foul ball. Strike two and ball one. That was dangerously close to being a bunt. Strike two and ball one, and here it is. Strike three, he swings and misses. First half of the seventh inning, two men out. Many Chapman is coming up. In the American League lineup at present, pitcher is batting second. That occurred because early Averill hit for the pitcher went into the ball game and of course in the pitcher. He's the first ball, hits a long back in the deep center field. It's going, going out against the center field bench. Chapman is rounding second. Here's the ball. Chapman's going to third. He stops at third base. That was a long back. 
against the 455-foot sign in left center field. Chuck Klein and Paul Wainer both dashing out there for it, but they were a mile away from it. Here's the binoculars. Ball kept right on going, and to the plan about against the scoreboard. That was quite a stop by Sir Benny Chapman. And how that baby can crash around the bay. Two men out, and Lou Gehrig is up. They tell me this Gehrig is quite a ball player. Two men out, Chapman on first. Dizzy Dean, the right hander is in the box, and Lou Gehrig is up. Strike one, call. Here's the windup. Ball, a burning fastball is high on the outside on the count on Jerry gets ball one and strike two. Blue Gehrig is out, umpire Owen to examine the ball. He does. Blue Gehrig was right. Ball is tossed out of the game and now we have a new one. Count on Larraping Lou is ball one and strike one. First half of the seventh inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League. Nine to seven. Two outs. Chaplin is on third. Strike. Ball. Now the count on Luke Gehrig is strike two and ball one. So far, does he seem looking at Derek, saying you're just a big, bad wolf, and I ain't scared. Here it is, two and one. Right three, ball! That was a fast ball right down the alley, turn high, with plenty on it. That's all for the American League into the seventh inning. We want to mention this afternoon that His Honor, Judge Landis, is out here, as is Mrs. Landis, and many of the baseball owners throughout the American and National League. Charlie up for the old seventh inning stretch again, and here's Ford Barnes. Come in, Ford. Yes, Tom, all the magic for out and all the fans. The American League fans and the National League fans here in New York out to root and doing plenty of rooting and getting plenty to root about in this all-star game which the National Broadcasting Company is bringing to you. First pass of seventh league, seventh uh, inning with the American League just retiring now to let the National League have come in for their half of it. They started off that time with Jerry and bat and went to three and two. And he smacked one up the right field side. The second was out the second. Up to Vaughn. Off winging it down to Vaughn. And a very close decision there. Geringer was out. Harder then came up. The count went to one and two. And he swung hard. And two men were gone. Then Ben Chapman replaced base. Ruth in right field. Ben Chapman came up to bat. Leaned on that old apple hard. And smashed the leather way out to the bullpen in left field. 455 foot mark. From the plate. Yes, sir. 455 foot mark out there for a three bagger. He wheeled his way into third and looked for a moment as if he wanted to try to suck it into a homer. Gehrig came up and went out on call strike. So we go into the National League after seven. The American League leading nine to seven. Coming down. Mike Turner, third baseman of the Pittsburgh Pirates, his first step of right hand hitter with Phil Harder in the box for the American League. And Mickey Stockton behind the back. First pitch to my trainer is a call strike. Here we go. 
swings at the ball, strike two. American League, infield, is Gehrig, Gellinger, Foreman, and Fox. The outfield at the moment, Simmons in left, Averill in center, and Chapman in left. The battery being Harder and Cochran. Strike two on the hitter, Trainer. Ball one. Fastball is low outside. Cochran doesn't throw that ball down towards third. Probably thought he had a corner, but the count is two and one. Strike two and ball one. Here it is. A tip ball gets away from Cochran and the count remains. Strike two and ball one. High trainer, first man up with the National League in the last half of the seventh inning. Here it is. As a high fly toward right field, it's foul. And the count remains two and one. That was a long smash that hit the barrier in front of the scoreboard in right field. Mike Brainer has a count of strike two and ball one, leading off for the National League in the last half of the seventh inning. The American League nine, the National League seven. The pitch, a ground ball down, shortstop way, Keep short, Brown has his tenth. He's out. A beautiful long throw from Keep Short by Joey Coleman. Gary stretching full length to snag that ball, and Brainer was out by a step. A pretty play by Joe Coleman. That was perhaps the outstanding infield play of the afternoon. Up to now, we say the outstanding outfield play was that catch of Mike by Carly early in the game. Chuck Bryan is up there. Chuck, you know, hits him from the port side. He swings and misses. A skip power with Cochran held. That was a very pretty picture to gaze upon. Chuck Bryan, in those takes a fine swing. Well... Third ball is low outside. Ball one and strike one. Ball one, strike one, the pitch. Ball two, which is too high. Last half of the seventh inning, one man is suddenly fired. The American League nine, the National League seven. Here it is. Chip Powell, strike two. Count on Chip Bryan is ball two, strike two. Bellot hanging around home plate. Ball two and strike two, one out, nobody on, last half of the seventh. No harder pitching, Cochran catching. As a lazy hopper down, first going has it. Harder covers the line. Charlie Gellinger, Joe Coleman, and umpire Moriarty. Oh, Joe 
Blue Book is belt down there, I believe. I don't blame him for breaking a belt on that last play. He's probably breaking past the centers as well. That was a slow play. We had breakfast with Joe Bowen this morning, and we saw that he was eating too much, but well, anyway, Joe's ready to go, and we're ready to go with the long stop of the seventh inning. One man out, Step Plane is on first, well out is up. The score is nine to seven. What do you think can happen? And we see the fans out here at the Polo Downs in New York are well aware of it. Well out is up there. Knocks the best off the shoes, gets right in there, close to the plate, and we're ready to go. He swings, it's a high bounder down short, Homer, to Carrier! The Pine flies into Carrier, and no further play could be made. Carrier finally dropped the ball over to Johnny, but it was useless. That was one of those real high bounders, it bounded about 20 feet in the air, Homer came in fast, hit it over to Carrier, getting Jeff Pine on a fourth play at second, and then struck Swiss hard into second base and upset Gellinger a little bit, just enough to make it impossible for a play. Paul Wayne was the next hitter. Paul, you know, hit the left handed. Now he has two men out. One out on first base. Paul one. Paul two. Paul ball. Paul Wayne up holds away from the plate, and the count is two and nothing. Last call for the seventh inning. Two out. Go out on first base. It is a very high fly. Lee Carrigan coming in, halfway between first and home. He's under it and has it, retiring the master leaguers in the seventh inning. At the end of the stretch inning, the score, American League 9, the Master League 7. This game coming from the Polo Ground and is being sent to you by the National Broadcasting Company. Come in, for it. The National League half the seven started off with Pi Trainer up to bat to face No Harder, the curveball artist. And Pi Trainer banged one out to deep short where Cronin took, took it and shot it to Gehrig. And Trainer was out at first on a very, very close decision, but a beautiful play. Guy Cronin taking that ball and shooting it over to Gehring. Then Klein came to bat. Chuck Klein, the heavy hitter of the Cubs, and banged one hard down to Gehring. Harder ran over to cover first. Gehring tossed it underhanded to Harder. It just hit the tips of his fingers and bounded out, and Klein was safe on the error. Klein on first then with one out. Mellot coming up to bat, one on and one out. Nell smacked one down to Cronin. Cronin tossed to Gehringer, forcing out Klein. Gehringer shot it down to Gehrig, but up had beat the throw. So it was one on and two out. With Wainer at bat, who hit a high fly, which Gehrig came in and took retiring the side. And here we go into the American League half of the eighth. Here's Tom. Come in. Jimmy Fox, right-hand hitter, is first up with Izzy Dean in the box. Lopez behind the bat. And Fox takes a terrific cut at the first one and misses strike one. No changes as we start the eighth inning. Ball one, a fastball is too high. Berry's on first. Billy Herman on second. Long, short. Trainer third. Austin right field. Paul Wainer's in center. And Chuck Klein is in left. That's correct. There's a long drag. High into left field. Chuck Klein is coming in. And Vaughn going out. And nobody is able to get to it. 
pulls up at second. Chuck Klein was playing over in deep left center field that time for Jimmy Fox, and all he's looking up towards the sun, so evidently he lost the ball in the sun. He came over and tried to reach the ball with his outstretched glove hand, but missed it by about a foot. It is justly scored as a two-base block for Jimmy Fox. Al Simmons, another right-hand batter, is up next. All reliable Al Simmons. Here it is. Ball one. First half of the eighth inning, you know nobody else. Walks on second. Ball two. Last ball, he's trying the outside corner on Al Simmons. Just barely missed with those two. There's the stretch. The pitch. The swing. It's a wide and short. Back and goes the stretch. The pitch. The swing. It's a wide and short left field. Vaughn going out fast. He's under it. And he makes a nice catch of it. Archie Vaughn goes rather deep in the left field to make that catch. You know what pops and Simmons at bat? Bill Terry the manager today, at least, has Chuck Klein play over in deep left center field. That was almost another hit for the American Leaguers, but Archie Vaughn was able to travel back back to put the ball over his shoulder in short left field. One man out. Joe Cronin is up there. Steps off the rubber. Fox goes back, touches second base, 
Dean then picks up the Rosenbergs and we're ready to go. Got a lot of canaries out here for the moment. Everybody whistling for some unknown reason. Well, they're all mocking Al Shack. Bottle two inside. Al Shack, you know, 50% of that great comedy team of Al Shack and Shack. Oh, Al starts to whistle. Everybody seems to follow suit. Strike two, ball two. Our uh, Mikey Cochran, the pitch. It's a ground ball, a lazy ground it on second. Cochran is in fast and close. A beautiful play, and Cochran is out at first, retiring the American Leaguers in the first half of the eighth inning. Come in for it. Well, it's now about ten minutes past four o'clock, and this baseball game started at 1.30 Eastern Daylight Saving Time. And for the two hours and 40 minutes, it's been transpiring here in the polo ground between the American League All-Stars and the National League All-Stars and presented to you by the National Broadcasting Company. From the polo ground here in New York, where we've just finished the first half of the eighth inning, the American League at bat, Fox came up and banged a high fly into left field, and Chuck Klein, who's been playing way out deep in left center, ran hard and fast, but couldn't quite get to it and went for a two-base hit for Fox. Simmons came up. Simmons came up. And Vaughn backed out into left field and took the, a fly from Simmons almost in the same place on which Fox had gotten two bases. Then Corn came up the bat with one on and one out. Lined one hard into center field. Paul Winter moved over very fast and speared it just as it threatened to go by him. So there were two men down and still one on. Cochran came up. Cochran banged a slow one just... Right down about 20 feet off second base. Herman came in fast, scooped it up on the fly, turned and wheeled it over to Terry, retiring the American League in the eighth. The score is American League 9, the National League 7, as we go into the National League half of the eighth inning with Bill Terry just coming up to bat. All right, Tom Manning, come in. The American Leaguers battery, you know, is one of the last half of the eighth inning. Mel Harder, the Cleveland Indians, is in the box. Mickey Cochran of the Detroit Tigers. The catcher and manager is behind the bat. Infield is the same. Fox is at third. Colton at short. Carrier at second. And Jerry at first. The outfield is Chapman in right. Averill center. Simmons in left. They're ready to go with Terry left-handed in the left. Pulls his bat down as if the punt, but pulls it back. And it's declared a strike. Harder's third ball catching the outside corner of the plate. Zilla's up there, and here's the pitch. That's a ball. Another curve ball. Down around Terry's feet. And the count is ball one and strike one. It's the last half of the eighth inning. The National League is two runs behind. Nine to seven. Here it is. A ground ball. Through the box. Coleman over near the track. Takes it. Boom. He's out. Another pretty play by Joe Coleman. That was a ball to the front pass. Bell Harder. And Coleman dashed over close to the second base pushing. Picked it up and went out of position. Whipped it over to Gary. And Terry was out on a fast play. What? Nobody out. He's on. Nobody on. Hockey Vaughn, left-hand hitter. All the Pittsburgh Pirates is up. Hit the first ball. Pitch down short. Coleman comes up with it. The throw is wide for Terry. Over first base. That was a scorching ground ball, and 
Joe Cronin has to go to his left a little bit for it and picks it up and has it pass fast to get Vaughn. Vaughn goes down to first base like nobody's business. But it was a slow play, two outs, nobody on. Lopez is up. Hits the first ball, takes the long drive, goes to the foul line, into the stand, but it's foul. That ball hit the stands out in right field. That was fouled by about a yard and a half. Strike one, Lopez around at first base and was on his way to second. Boxer can't run on foul balls. These umpires are right on their toes this afternoon. They've had some pretty hairline decisions to make, particularly George Moriarty. George is over here at third, had a couple of close ones earlier in the game. Now he's over there at second, and he's had a couple of plenty close ones out there at second. The boys apparently are all satisfied with these um, boys in blue this afternoon are doing a sweet job out here. Lopez is back at the plate. He gets the next one. A high, lazy bounder down three. Pops and carries. Lopez is out. At the end of the eighth inning. No runs, no hits, and no errors. At the end of eight innings, the score of the American League, nine, the National League, seven. This game coming to you from the Polo Grounds of New York City is being presented by the National Broadcasting Company. Come in for it. Well, the junior circuit certainly made short work of the elder league in the eighth inning here. The National League came up with Bill Terry at bat, and he banged out one of his usual hard ones down the short, and Joe Conan took it on the run, got it over to Gehrig, and he was out. A sweet short stop, this man Conan. Then Vaughn came to bat, and Vaughn got up, tortured down to deep short. Conan got it right down between his ankles, picked it up, threw the first, and Gehrig then drew a terrific round of applause by keeping his left foot on the bag, standing out, he looked like almost two yards, and winging that ball at wide throw from Cronin, retiring Vaughn. And the crowd did show their appreciation of Lou Gehrig, as they usually do. There's not much get fat Lou at first if it's within shooting distance of Lou's glove. Then Lopez came to bat. Lopez banged one hard down between the shortstop and third. Third base, about 18, or at least six to eight yards. But Fox went over fast, took it, shot it across on that long peg from third to first, retiring Lopez. So they went down in one, two, three order. Terry, Vaughn, and Lopez in the National League half of the eighth inning. We're moving now into the ninth, the ninth inning of this All-Star game, with the American League coming to bat leading by two runs. They scored two runs in the fourth, six in the fifth, and one in the sixth. Or a total of nine, while the National Leaguers scored... One tally in the first inning, three in the third, and three in the fifth. You trail now by seven. Nine to seven is the score with the American League coming up to bat here in the ninth inning. Here's Tom Manning to give it to you. Come in, Tom. One of the fine things of this ball game is that practically everybody out here has gotten into the ball game that was expected to on the side of the National League particularly. So far, uh, Rick Farrell, Jimmy Dyke, Frank Higgins, and West haven't broken into the lineup of the American League. All of the pitchers, practically all of the catchers, outfielders and infielders of the National League have had their turn now. Ready to go in the first half of the ninth inning. Earl Averill of the Cleveland Indians, the left-hand batter is first up, and Frank out. 
Frank House of the Boston Braves, little right-hander, is on the mound for the National League. That seems to be the only change in the lineup as we play the ninth inning. National League is infield of Terry, Herman, Vaughn, and Trainer. Lopez got Averill hits the next one. It's a little pop fly to left field. Looks like a base hit. Vaughn going back. Oh, what a catch! What a catch! What a catch! Hey, listen to that applause. Friends, absolutely the outstanding fielding play of this afternoon's game insofar as we are concerned, and I think that we'll have plenty to agree with it. Hockey ball on the little shortstop of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Left his position on that drooping uh, liner, a bit of a Texas figure by Earl Averill, and went out and took that ball way out at the edge of the uh, pavilion in the left field corner, right at the very fingertips. He kept right on going and ran until he ran into the barrier in the left field corner. That was a sweet catch by Archie Vaughn. Well, with ball players like this on the diamond, anything can happen. One out, Charlie Gehringer is up. And the count is ball two. Frank House from the Boston Braves is pitching. Ball three, another one low outside. Three and nothing on Charlie Gehringer. Attracted for a moment, a great stretch, silver plane flying over the polo ground. Carrying a walk. Carrying a walk on fourth street. It's a nice inning and a one-out. Mel Harder is going up to hit. Harder's getting a nice round of applause from the fans here. Mel Hardy, you know, bats them right-handed. Since the sacrifice, it's a bunch down first base way, and it's foul. National League has picked the ball up. Bill Terry picks it up and says, come on, fellas, up on your toes and whips it around. Now Frank Howe has it again, and Harder is back in the box with a count strike one. Charlie Carringer has been on that base a lot this afternoon. Hyder again attempts to put it to pop fly. Lopez is under it and takes it. That ball was only about two or three feet over his head and about eight or ten feet for his first base. Lopez ripped off his mask, was under it. Charlie Carringer, however, was close to first base and got back safely. Now we have two men out. Benny Chapman is up. Last time up, Benny Chapman smacked one out to left center field, 455 feet away. There's a pitch out. Lopez calling for a pitch out, hoping to lift carrying her off first. Ball one. Ninth inning, Chapman is up 9-7 in the American League. It's passed over to first, no go. Benny Chapman, you know, hits him right-handed. A foul ball. Down the third baseline, and the count on Chapman is ball one and strike one. Lou Gehrig is up next. Here it is. 
Ball two, a fastball is high outside. On the count is ball two and strike one. Here it is. Long fly out to left field. Fine coming in. He stumbles the face of catch for the third out. That fine was playing very, very deep out there again. Had to come in for that ball and over to his right. Over toward the far line, but made a nice running catch, retiring the American Leaguers in the ninth inning. So the National Leaguers come to bat two runs behind in the ninth inning. Come in for it. Go into the last half of the ninth with the National League trailing by two runs. The American League half of the ninth started off with Frank House coming into the bat to pitch for the Nationals. Averill was the first man to face him. Averill smacked a fly out right on the left field foul line, just a couple of feet in, and Vaughn brought the crowd to their feet for a great play, a great beautiful catch, running out there, going back to his position short and making an absolutely terrific sparkling catch. There's almost no adjective that you can apply to that that would be too great or too superlative to describe Bond's great catch of Averill's fly out on the left field foul line. Erringer that came up and then got four straight and walked. So there's one on base and one out with Mel Harder came up. Mel Harder came up and tried to bunt, banged it down the first baseline and rolled foul. So he came back to the base, picked up his bat, and again tried to pop it up just a few feet away from the home plate. Lopez ripped off his mask, ran out there under it, and took it for a nice catch, making two men gone in the American League half of the night. Chapman, then Ben Chapman came up, always a very dangerous man batting order. He smacked the fly in the left field, Klein, Chuck Klein came in very fast, stumbled, giving, bringing the hearts of the fans in the mouth right before he took it, but did take it, retiring the Americans to the ninth, and here we go into the National League after the ninth, failing by two runs. American nine, the National seven. Come in, Tom Man. Frank House, the left and right hand of his up, and he plays down a beautiful punch. Cochran is out there, close! He's out! He's out! Why not hold in the foot? Look for the fans coming from the howling there. That was close. They're giving Cochran a nice hand on that play. Frank House dropped that foot. Dropped that foot perfect. It's all about 10 feet up for the pitch. Cochran ripped that mask off without him. Picked that ball up and ripped it over to Gary. And Frank House for a pitcher was plenty fast in getting down there. Sorry, that was close and a slow play to watch. One out. Willie Herman is up. Willie, you know, hit some right-handed. Harder is pitching. Cochran catching. Foul back. Strike one. Willie Herman was playing second base is up. Ninth inning, one man out. Bell Harder is pitching. Mickey Cochran behind the bat. Infield, Gary first, Garinger second, Coleman short, and Fox third. Here's the pitch. The ground ball just inside the third base back on the left field corner. It's a base knock. The ball turns off the wall. Simmons has it, puts it into Garinger. He flies. He's safe. A double. Little Willie Herman. Max Zeppelin right on the old label. Well, it's still a ball game. One man out of the ninth inning. Two runs behind. Willie Herman is on second base. That was a feature of a hit. The ball struck just about one foot inside the bag with Jimmy Fox 
leaping forth, but of course, he had no chance whatsoever to get it. High trainer, manager in third base for the Pittsburgh Pirates is up. Ball one, a fastball is high inside. The American League battery, since the fifth inning, is Mel Harder, Sticky Cochran. Has a long drive up in the stands, but it's foul. Ball one and strike one. It was a smash up in the right field stand. This five trainer, you know, is quite a ball player. Yes, indeed. He's a right-hand hitter. And the count, ball one, strike one. The pitch. Ball two, harder hook ball. The outside corner and the count on Pie Trainer, ball two and strike one. Willie Herman, you know, is on second base. One man out of the ninth inning, two runs behind. Harder, pitch here it is. It's a strike call. That ball got away from Cochran, rolled about four feet away, and now the count on Pie Trainer is ball two and strike two. on Pye Trainer. He gets some right-handed, you know. Here it is. He swings, and it's a drive to the outfield. Averill under it and takes it for the catch. There's a change out there in the outfield, but it's not been announced. West is playing center field for the American League as the West made that catch. Hope you'll pardon me for that delay. We knew it wasn't Averill coming in, and that change in center field in the ninth inning was not announced. West of the St. Louis Browns is playing center field for the American Leaguers. West made that catch, making it two out of the ninth inning. Runner on second base. And Chuck Bryan of the Chicago Cubs, the left-hand batter, is coming up. Strike one, swinging. Ninth inning, you know, two men out. Billy Herman is on second base. The score, American League 9, National League 7. This boy Harder sticks a lot of baseball, just replacing roughing in the fifth inning. Strike one on the hitter. Strike two, he swings and misses. That ball. One on the hitter. Strike two, he swings and misses. That ball was down around the knees. Chuck Ryan taking a long follow through swing. And now the count is strike two. Ball is down around the knees. Chuck Ryan taking a long follow-through swing. And now the count is strike two. Ninth inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League. Two men out. Willie Herman on second. Chuck Ryan, a mighty hitter, is up. Match the right field, but it's fouled into the stands. That ball is what we call a cooking golf. Started out there towards Derrick and then curved right over into the stands. Strike two. Last half of the ninth inning, you know, the National League is two runs behind and they have one run on the bag. Billy Herman at second base and Chuck Bryan on his long distance hitter at the plate. Mel Harder is pitching, Cochran is catching. It's stretched. And here it is. 
It's a ball. A fastball is high outside. And the count is strike two. And ball one. Not a single fan has left this ballpark unless it was a doctor or something this afternoon. Because anything can happen at any time. Any kind of a smash ball tied up, you know. Strike two ball on the pitch. As it drives down for a safe way, Terry fumbles the ball, crosses it to Harder. He is out of the close play, and the ball game is over in favor of the American League by a score of 9 to 7. This is Tom Manning saying good afternoon from the Polo Browns in New York, and here is Graham McNamee. Come in, Graham. Thank you, Tom. There are so many features in this ball game that we won't try to go into them at all. We'll, it's been uh, pretty, almost three hours, three hour ball game up to about one minute. The outstanding features in my mind now, just as I look back over the game, were the pitching for the first three innings of that mighty pitcher, Carl Hubble. He, he was gorgeous out there in the box, and the fielding stunt of Archie Vaughn of Pittsburgh. Those stand, those stand out in my mind. Uh, besides some of the hitting, of course. I'll tell you who did the hitting, and then the hitting, and then we'll quit. Uh, for the American League men, Carringer got two singles. Dickey got a single. Simmons got a two doubles and a single. Cronin, a single and a double. Averill, a triple and a double. Fox, a single and a double. And Ruffing, a single. Chapman, a triple. Of course, they were, they, there was only a couple of them in the game all the time. They might have, some of them might have done more. For the National League, Frisch. Frankie Frisch got a homer on the first ball pitch. Off lefty Gomez. Gomez didn't go so well today as he has been going through his American League team. Frisch got a homer and a single. Cat uh, Trainer of Pittsburgh got his two singles. Nedwich got a beautiful long home run up into the second tier of the stands in left field. Terry got a single, trying a single, and Willie Herman, who came into the game late, got a double. Those are the outstanding features of the game this afternoon. The other, only other great outstanding feature was the tremendous length of the game. Past three hours of baseball, and it was all times here this afternoon. But it was a great game. The Americans have won again, as they did last year. Last year it was 42. Today it was 9-7 in favor of the American League over the Nationals in the All-Star game played at the Polo Grounds in New York City. Uh, it's time to go now. The crowd is thrown out on the field. All get, get into the exit, and so will we. Uh, this is Graham actually speaking, and we'll leave you now, and just by telling you that uh, the report of this game has been given to you by Tom Manning on the play-by-play and Paul Bond between innings. And I've had the pleasure of being here, too. And uh, through the facilities of the National Broadcasting Company. Goodbye. We wish to thank the makers of Ambrosia for relinquishing their broadcast period this afternoon in order that you might hear in its entirety the program just concluded.